If you have a Bible, you can uh, get a head start. Matthew uh, chapter 9 is where I'm going to be today. So this, this uh, series we're in called Table of Grace, we've been talking about uh, what is grace. Grace is a word we use all the time. We sing about grace. We talk about grace. Uh, you hear in our world is showing grace. We pray and call prayer uh, around the meal. We call that grace. And, and, and often we can just kind of get used to that word and not really understand the significance of the grace of God in our lives. So we just want to stop for a few weeks and talk about the table of grace. And we're doing this, by the way, uh, with churches all over the world. Nazarene churches all over the world are doing this right now. I love this. Like 2.5 million people around the world are talking about grace, including in uh, Ethiopia. And so what we've been doing is we've been looking at these various tables that Jesus sat at and where his grace was on display. And this all centers around what I would almost call the the big table. And the big table was the, the Passover meal. And if you're new to church and you're like, I don't even know what that is, uh, you can go back and you can uh, watch week one of the series where I talk about the significance of that meal that Jesus had with his disciples. And it was at Passover and what it all meant and, and why he was trying to explain to them what was about to happen. And the Passover meal was right before Jesus was crucified. Uh, a lot of people know it as the Last Supper. You've probably seen the painting. And, and, you know, it's amazing they had a painter there at the meal. I don't know how Jesus gets hired that out. And, uh, and you know, he had long flowing blonde hair. He just looked beautiful at that time. Anyway, so <laughs> I digress. But at that meal, I believe Jesus gave the greatest statement of grace when he said this to his disciples. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. What Jesus was saying is, I am the way of grace. I am the truth of grace, and I am the life of grace. And what I love about Jesus is, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, is Jesus is very inclusive. Our, our religion, Christianity, is the only inclusive religion. You may or may not know that, but every religion in the world is exclusive. Like, you, 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 Maybe you get it, you can't come in, you have to do this. And Christianity is the only one that says everybody, 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 everybody. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today of who Jesus was. But I want, to, I want to talk about that middle one that Jesus said about truth. I want to talk about the truth of grace today. And I want to talk about sharing grace. It's a grace to be shared. So Matthew chapter 9, this is an interesting story right here. Matthew chapter 9, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. If you don't have a Bible, just download version. That's a great app to have. But this is kind of an interesting story because Matthew, again, if you're new to the Scriptures, Matthew was one of the followers of Jesus. He was at that supper, that, that final last supper, the Passover meal. And he followed Jesus for three years, and he wrote down all of these interactions that Jesus had and, and conversations that he had with Jesus. And I love this because he even talks about himself. He, he talks in the third person about how he was called and how he got to the table of grace. And in, in this very short story here, he really illustrates how the table of grace is for every person. That's what he's trying to get said here. Look at verse 9 of chapter 9. And this is Matthew writing about himself. It says, Jesus was walking along. He saw me. <laughs> he saw me sitting at my tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to me. So, so I got up and I followed him. So later, I invited Jesus and his disciples to my home as dinner guests. Get this. 
along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. You know what, what's interesting is, and I could just preach this right here. How many of you, if I gave you the microphone right now, would want to come up here and talk about your glorious past? I mean, I don't think many of us would be willing to do that. But what I love about Scripture is, and I love about our faith, is they put all the rawness in there, all the ugliness, all the, all the, Matthew's just ratting himself out here. He's like, I wasn't a good guy. We'll get into that to help you understand a little bit of why he's saying he wasn't a good guy, but he wasn't a, a good guy, and he wasn't hanging out with the best of people. Like his mom and dad were like, you cannot spend the night with them. No, that's not good. I don't want you. No, they're bad influence. What movies are they watching? I don't want that. So when the Pharisees, that's the religious leaders, uh, some of the religious leaders in the Jewish community, saw it, they, they asked his disciples, hey, why, why is Jesus eating with such scum? I don't know why. That is the hardest scripture for me to ever read. I don't, I hate that scripture. I just, I hear that and I'm like, oh, why would someone say that? Especially somebody who's supposed to be devout. Like as a Jewish religious leader, you're a devout person of God. How would you say that? When Jesus heard this, he said, hey, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. He said, go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. That's good news, by the way, because we're all sinners. Come on, turn to somebody you've been wanting to tell them, say, you are a sinner. Come on, you've been wanting to tell them that. You've been hanging out with them for Thanksgiving, and you're like, I know, I know what you've been, I've been with you for several days. You need Jesus. That's why I brought you to church today. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this house of worship. We're honored to call you Lord and Savior. We ask your presence in this place. We ask for your spirit to be amongst us and, and help us to understand all that you want to say in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You can be seated. So we've been talking about this table of grace the last few weeks, and we've been uh, talking about how everyone is, is everyone, somebody say everyone, everyone is welcome at the table of grace. And, and all we have to do is, is sit down at this table. It's, it's all you got. If you want God's grace in your life, you, 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 can't, you can't earn your way to this table. You, you can't you can't buy your way to this table. You are only invited to this table. And, and, and he's, God's saying, hey, I want you to sit down at this table of grace. That's what grace is. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's, it's something you can't fathom or imagine that God would make this available to you. But what he says is this. If you've wondered, like, what, what is this idea of grace? It's this idea that God says, hey, you, you need kindness. Do you need to experience my kindness? You take as much as you want. Do you, do you need my love in your life? You, you experience as much as you want. And by the way, this table is for anyone. It's not exclusive just to Christians. It is for everyone. Come on, turn and tell somebody it's for everyone. Everybody can experience grace. You see this in the workplace. You see it on the campus. You see it in traffic. Look at you. Oh, uh -uh. I don't want a place that I don't see it. 
God shows his grace to people every day. Followers, those who aren't following, those who spit on his name, those who curse him, those who worship other gods, those who are in, in different ways of living, whatever that looks like. He says, oh, you're going you're gonna to get some of my grace. You're gonna, do you need peace? He says, do you, I mean, it's jacked up. I mean, you're messy. You're like, it's, this world's crazy. He says, sit down. Because this table has so much peace that I want to give you. Do you. Is your life absent of joy? He, he says, sit down. I'll, I'll give you your joy back in the midst of the craziness of life, in the midst of heartache and brokenness. And some of you know what that's like. Is your life is all upside down, but yet God in the midst of all of that is somehow pumping you full of joy. He says, I'll give you my presence. I'll, I'll give you my my, my love, I'll give you power to make it in this life. This is, this is available to all of us. And what can happen to us as followers of Jesus is that we can, we can sit down at this table of grace and, and we can feed on his grace and stuff ourselves full of his grace. I mean, like Thanksgiving, just like y'all just got done doing. Let's talk about that for a moment. Let's preach on gluttony, shall we? I mean, isn't that what we just got done doing? You just ate stupid, right? Oh, don't look at me like I say, no, I didn't do that. I had a lot of celery sticks. No, you did not. I don't care. Middle of the night, you're in that fridge, you're hitting that pumpkin pie. I mean, everybody's, and everybody's got a favorite dish. Do you have a favorite dish at Thanksgiving? You know, everybody's got that one, one what, think about what's your favorite. I want you to just turn to somebody right next to you, share with them real quickly what your favorite dish is at the Thanksgiving table. This is the one thing I got to have, Okay. You got that? Now, here's how it works, right? When you sit down at the table, you're seeing where that dish is put on the table, are you not? And when it's on the other side of the table, way down at the other end, by your uncle, you're like, that better move fast. <laughs> and you watch that dish. You know, you, you watch it come around the table because you want some of that. Like, I want some of Aunt Mary's cranberry sauce that she makes. It's insanely, uh, it's my, it's, I love that cranberry sauce. Man, Aunt Tammy, she makes this green bean casserole that I'm telling you, she's in the house. Get the recipe. I should just have her, I, if I had time, I'd just have her come up and give the recipe, and you'd be like, that is Holy Spirit inspired right there. That is good. Like, there was a backhoe in my yard. I was like, what's that for? Are they excavating something? She said, no, that's for the Swiss cheese that I'm putting on the green bean casserole. <laughs> wow. And then, then everybody was asking, uh, is Laura going to be making her cinnamon rolls? Laura, when are you going to be making your cinnamon rolls? Laura, you're making your cinnamon rolls. Right, you're making your cinnamon rolls. Aunt Laura, you're making your cinnamon rolls. Grandma, you're making your cinnamon rolls. Everybody was asking, you're going to make your cinnamon rolls. And praise be to Jesus, she made her cinnamon rolls. Can I get an amen from God's people? And I'm telling you, when I saw those cinnamon rolls, I had the one picked out that I wanted. Now, imagine if when Laura brought out these cinnamon rolls, right before she brought them and set them on the table, she said, hey, I've got a special announcement, something you guys are really going to love. I'm really excited about this. And uh, we're all like, yeah, okay, what is it? What is it? You do something really special with the cinnamon rolls? What is it? And she goes, I'm going to take all these, and I'm going to give them to the neighbors. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. Ain't no chance. I don't care if we have three or four left over. They are staying here. And if we're not careful, grace can operate the same way in our lives. 
We can just keep it to ourselves and we don't share it. And what we need to understand is grace was meant to be shared. We got to get up from the table. Turn to somebody, tell them you got to get up from the table. We got to get up from the table and understand that there's more than enough grace for everybody. God's grace never runs out. And we, this grace that we have was meant to be shared. We shouldn't be leaving people outside at an empty table. That's where Matthew was. He was sitting at an empty table. And Jesus invited him to this table of grace. I'd like for you to write this down. It's what we'll talk about for a few minutes. Make a place at the table of grace. We've got to make a place at the table of grace. This is who Jesus is. This is who he was. This is what he did. This is how he lived. All you have to do is read the Gospels. If you wonder, well, I just want to be like Jesus, then read the Gospels and do what Jesus did. He was a grace giver. And we see that so beautifully in this story. And, and, and go back to verse 9. Let's look at verse 9. It says, as Jesus was, you say it with me, he was what? Walking along. It's like it's just a small little comment. Pass by this real quick in Scripture. We're going to come to that. He saw this man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth, and he said, follow me. He goes to this table. Follow me, Matthew. Be my disciple. And, and so Matthew got up, and he followed Jesus to the to the table of grace. Don't, don't miss this small little thing that, that Matthew put into Scripture here. Jesus was walking. G Jesus wasn't riding on a donkey. He wasn't catching an Uber. He, I mean, he wasn't uh, riding in a chariot. He didn't have, I mean, he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. He could have people with the poles and the fancy little sheer thing and just been riding in luxury wherever he went. But the weird thing about Jesus is that he walked everywhere. And it wasn't just because there wasn't other transportation. There was other transportation. But he did that deliberately because Jesus was never in a hurry. Grace is never in a hurry. Jesus is a busy guy. I mean, if anybody's busy, it's, it's Jesus, but he was never in a hurry. It's not like he went to Matthew and he's like, hey, good to see you, Matt. Hey, listen, I'll catch up with you later. Really, we gotta do, Let's do lunch sometime. But hey, I'm kind of busy. Uh, I, I got a cross to get to, So, but, let, but we're going to do lunch soon. No, he, he didn't do that because Jesus was never in a hurry and grace is never in a hurry, but we are all in a hurry, aren't we? If you want to be a giver of grace, you got to slow down. Some of y'all look at me like, I'm not, I'm not in a hurry. I paced my life. I have a very well-paced life. Okay, let me just, this will be the test to see if you're in a hurry now, right now, okay? Uh, you got a phone? How many of you have a, a smart phone? Raise your hand. Okay, um, okay. Some of you are not participating, but that's okay. <laughs> Everybody has one. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> some of you are like, is, I'm not sure. Is my phone smart? What do I have? I have the iPhone. Is that smart? I'm not sure. No, it's not smart. You do not have you. Anyway, so, but we all, we all get that notification, and, and, it, and it says, software update. And it has two options, install now or later. Which button you hitting? This is church. You're all, all y'all are hitting later. 
Some of you are like, later, 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 later. You haven't updated since 2014. And you don't know why your phone's running so slow. But we're, we're all in a hurry. And here's the thing. Not, not only do we need to make a place at the table of grace, but write this down. We need to make space for grace. you got to make space in your life for grace. I, I think we miss so many opportunities to show grace simply because we're in a hurry. We hurry past hurting people. Somebody will come up to you at work or on your campus and, and, and where you are, your, your neighbor will come up to you and, 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 or at church and, and they're like, hey, and they start to talk a little bit and you start to hear a little bit of their story and you realize there's some grace needed there for whatever is going on in their life and you want to show them grace and you're trying, but your body language says to them, I don't have time for you. Because we're, we're like, you got a shoulder turned, you're looking over your shoulder, you're, you're kind of moving away from, we all do it, but we, we just can't stop. And we can't be present. But grace, like Jesus here, he was walking along. And grace requires that we come and we sit down and slow down. You, you got to sit with hurting people. And that takes time. And it's not easy because we're all busy. But if you want to be a person of grace, you got to slow down and you got to sit down. This is really hard for the type A's in the room. Can I get an amen? Because I don't like to sit down. And I don't like to slow down. So most of you that call Core Church Home, you know this, that um, Fridays is near impossible to get a hold of me. If you have my number, I am not going to text you back. I'm not going to call you back. I'm not going to take your call because that's time for me and Jesus. Every Friday, I have a Friday fast. It's a half day. I get alone with God. Uh, most of you are aware of this. And, and I, I just kind of lock myself away, go somewhere far away from the broken area where I don't run into anybody. And I just sit there and me and God just spend some time together. And I think about my own personal journey. I think about our church's journey. I think about where we've been and where I've been and where I'm trying to go and what's happening and a lot of prayer and praying through a lot of stuff and just and thinking, just spending some time, some space just to think. And, and so I'm very, very protective of that. And I'm serious. I, I, won't, I won't call you. I won't take your call. I just don't do it because I need that time. But a couple weeks ago, uh, my phone rang on my Friday, and, um, and I looked down, and it was from a, a really uh, close friend of mine. And when I looked, I was like, well, that's weird, because they know what I do on Fridays. They wouldn't call me. Why are they calling me? Uh, it's odd. And I was like, I need to take this call. <laughs> this, the only reason they would call me is something must be wrong. And as soon as I answered the phone... I could hear on the other end that they were broken. What was crazy is if you knew them, everything in their life looked perfect. Like everything looked great. I mean, it really did. I'm not kidding you. Like every, they were checking all the boxes and they, everything looked really, really good. And, and had this conversation and, and said, hey, could we meet? 
again, they, they know it's my Friday, and I say no to everything. And, and in a moment like that, I'm not, I just was like, man, I, 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 this is my time. I have time for this. I'm supposed to, when am I going to get this back? And I, this, that's running through my head. And then I just stopped, and I thought, my friend needs me. I said, yeah, absolutely, let's meet. So we met. I thought we were going to sit down and maybe have coffee and, and talk for maybe an hour or whatever that would be, and we just spend some time together. And one hour turned into two hours, turned into three hours. It turned into the entire day that I just spent with my friend. And I look back on that day, and I, I don't remember saying anything eloquent because you think as a pastor, you know what I mean? I'm a pastor. I, I, can, I can let the scripture flow. I can say the right thing. I can do the right thing. I, I'm, I'm trained. I'm equipped. And, and I just don't remember any of that other than just being with my friend. This is what people need from us. They don't need anything from you. I, I believe many times that, that grace is simply your presence. That's what grace is. It's, it's, it's being present in people's lives, being willing to be present in people's lives. And this is what Jesus was doing here. You can't listen in a hurry. You can't love in a hurry. And you can't show grace in a hurry. You, you got to slow down and you got to sit down. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them you need to slow down. You need to slow down. <laughs> you need to slow down. Some of y'all need to hear that right now. Turn back and say, Okay, I need to slow down. I, I, I need full confession. I need to slow down. So Matthew, he's, he's sit, he, Matthew's sitting at the wrong table, okay? He's, he's at the wrong table. Because in, in this culture, in this time period, he's a tax collector. And, and, and tax collectors, if you don't know this, uh, the, the, uh, Israel, the, the nation of Israel was under the oppression of the Romans. They'd conquered them. They, they owned them. They, they could make them do anything they wanted to do. They put taxes on them. And, and so they're taxing them, and Matthew is sitting at his tax collector's booth, and he's collecting taxes from his fellow Jews. He's a Jew. He's collecting these taxes that he knows they don't want to pay, and he's giving it to the Romans that he doesn't want to give it to them. But the reason he's doing it is because tax collectors were, they, they were, um, well uh, uh, compensated for their work, shall we say. I mean, they, they were not exactly the poor. They, they made really good money from the Romans. Not only that, but the Romans let them take a little bit off the top. And everybody knew that, and they knew that this guy is a cheat, and he's greedy, and he's full of pride. And so they didn't want to associate with him. They wanted to stay away from that table. That's who Matthew was. But then so Matthew's sitting at this table, and he's, I don't know what it was like. It doesn't say, but Matthew, if you know who he was and read anything about it, he, Matthew was sitting at what I, I would call like a table of regret. He's sitting at a table where he is trapped, and he can't get out of this regret, out of, out of the shame, and even some of the condemnation that's being heaped upon him from people and that he's even feeling himself, the regret that he's feeling, the, 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 the pride that he's trapped in, the, the greed. He's trapped in greed. Like He's like, I, I kind of like to get up from this table, but man, this is really lucrative, and it really takes care of me, and I can do nice things, and I can buy nice things, and ah, I don't want to give this up. And he's trapped at this table, and he can't get away. It's kind of like being stuck at the kids' table on Thanksgiving. You remember that feeling? You look over, you're like, what are they eating? Wow. 
I look like way better food. I wonder what that conversation, I want to be at that table. Of course, then you get to that table as an adult, and you're like, I want to go back to the kids' table. <laughs> if grandma says anything else about politics and her medication, I am, I'm just done. I don't care about that, that bunion and that sore that you have, and you certainly don't need to point it out to me. <laughs> but, but Matthew's stuck. And then and, and Jesus, then Jesus, he's, so Jesus, if you don't know this, Jesus was a, a, a rabbi. He was, he was not just only the Messiah and the Son of God, but, but he was also a rabbi. He was a teacher, a Jewish teacher. And, and so everyone would avoid Matthew, and then, but Jesus doesn't. He's supposed to. He's not supposed to go near Matthew, but he doesn't. He goes to Matthew, and he invites him to the table of grace. There's not a table that Jesus will pass by. There, there, there's not a table. There's nothing that anyone has ever done or ever could do or who people associate with it that Jesus would say, no, I'm not, not your table. But he says, no, I stop at every table. My, ta my grace is for everyone. Come on, somebody, say amen. Give God some praise for that. His grace is for everyone. And that, at Core Church, that's exactly what we believe, that grace is for everyone. Like, that's the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. That's the truth of grace, is that God says, my grace is for everyone. I give it freely, that there is a place at the table of grace for you and for me. So when it comes to showing grace... This is interesting. <laughs> Matthew's so great. There's a stark contrast between Matthew and the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And he just kind of calls them out on this. It says in verse 10, it says, Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, and this is key, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners, but, somebody say, but, but, when the Pharisees saw it, when the religious people saw it, they said, hey, why is your teacher eating with such scum? So Matthew invites people to the table of grace, and, and the religious leaders, they excuse people from the table of grace, and they exclude people from the, the table of grace. Laura and I have uh, four kids, and they're all grown now, but when they were, when they were young, uh, I have, uh, just put this in perspective, we would eat around the table every night, but we had three boys. Three boys and a sweet, innocent, cute little girl. And, uh, but Laura would probably say, no, I had four boys, Brad, you were at that table as well. And so Laura was convinced she was going to teach them and me manners. We were going to learn manners. And so she got this manners jar, and she put it on the table at night. And it had all of these rules on it, like napkin in your lap, um, you know, you don't eat with your fingers, uh, no burping, no farting, you know, no, just, just the typical things for a house full of boys. All these things were written on this, and if you broke one of the rules, you had to put money in the jar, and it would be like 10 cents for, you know, a, a napkin not on your lap, a quarter for burping, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And she thought, this is going to stop it. This is going to end it right here. You think that ended it? 
You know what my kids did? They broke their piggy banks, and they came and just dumped change on the table. I mean, they're like, bing, there's a quarter. And they didn't care. I mean, it didn't matter to them. So the, the, the Pharisees, though, the Pharisees here, they are the guardians of grace. That's what they are. No one is allowed at this table. And they created all these rules, okay? What's crazy is there's, there's these commandments in Scripture, but they added to them. They decided they're not good enough. They're not, they're not eloquent enough. They're not, God did not spell them out well enough. Moses did okay, but we're going to add some stuff to it because I don't think people really understand. And so they kept adding rules to the table. There were certain rules you had to follow, and you kind of had to earn your way to the table. So as long as you, you couldn't come to the table, okay, you couldn't get from this table to this table until you had followed the rules. Are you, are you tracking with me? Like, follow the rules, and then you can earn your way to the table. So you follow the rules, you get to the table. Then when you're at the table, you still have to follow all the rules. If you break a rule, this is the, the, how the Pharisees operated. If you break a rule, you're excluded from the table, and you're excused from the table. That is not how it works with God. That is not the way his grace was meant to be. His, no, you come to the table no matter how jacked up, messed up, who you've been with, what they've been doing, where you've been, what you are. What You come to the table, there's a seat for you. That's why Matthew says, hey, every, I had all the crazies at my table. That's why Matthew said that. Because he was trying to show, like, look who's not at the table. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, and look who's sitting at the table. Jesus. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus is sitting at, I believe, this table of grace with messed up people. That's who we are at Core Church. We, man, everybody is welcome at the table of grace. There's this horrific story in the New Testament. It's just an awful story. It's, it's embarrassing. I, I would imagine, I mean, I'm not Jewish, but I would imagine for the Jewish community, and it's, it's kind of a, it's embarrassing because the religious leaders in the Jewish community, they found this woman and she had committed adultery. And in the, they dragged her out of the bed while she was in the act. And, I, and the scripture doesn't tell us what she was wearing or what that looked like. I don't know if she's wrapped in a bed sheet. I don't know if she was just thrown out in, in just, just naked. I don't know, but, but it was... They brought her and kind of threw her down on the ground in front of Jesus. And they said, okay, hey, teacher, rabbi. They're kind of mocking him. And they're like, hey, so uh, the law of Moses says that we are, we are to stone her. And by the way, if you looked in the Old Testament and you looked at the Jewish law, the Jewish law of Moses, and we don't have time to preach that or talk about that, but that was true. And I love what Jesus does is Jesus, he just kind of kneels down. And I think he kneeled down. It says he rode in the, in the dirt, but I don't think he was kneeling down. I don't know why he was kneeling down. But I think he wanted to get down on eye level with her. Because these guys were looking out over her, looking down on her. How many people do that? How many, quote, unquote, Christians look down? This is the wrong position, by the way. And how you talk and how you think and the way you live your life, I mean, Examine your thoughts, examine your words, examine your social media posts. Oh, boom, drop the mic, go home. <laughs> so many Christians are looking down. 
And Jesus gives us his example and says, no, 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 you, you got to get down in the dirt with people. And by the way, when you get down in the dirt with people, um, <laughs> people are going to throw stones at you. Now, in this particular story, they didn't. But just know that. If you start associating with the wrong people, if you start loving and showing mercy and grace to the, to the wrong people, people are going to talk about you. They're going to say, wait, you do, and you allow, and you, why would you, and how would you? That's not how you're, get down in the dirt with people is what I'm trying to say. So he gets down there eye to eye with her. He's looking up at them, and as only Jesus could do, he's like, um, well, you're right. That's what the law says, but I am a God of grace. Uh, how about the one who hasn't sinned? You go ahead and chuck the first rock. And the scripture says that they, they dropped the stones and the rocks that they were holding and they walked away and, and Jesus looks at this woman that he has every right to accuse and he doesn't. He says, hey, why don't you follow me to the table of grace? Now, church tradition, and we don't know if this is true or not, but I, I like the um, example of it says that that woman was Mary Magdalene. And, and we're, we're not, honestly, we're not sure if that was her or not. But I think what a beautiful picture of grace. Because Mary then was the one who came to the tomb and was the first to see her Savior risen. But this is, this is our God. This is who he is. He's, he's, he's a God of grace. And I'd like for you to write this down. Grace is an invitation, not an inquisition. Grace is an invitation, not an inquisition. We are all familiar with the inquisition. Kind of a black eye on the church in the 12th to 14th century. I don't know what possessed the church at large to do this, but they decided they were going to set up a court to um, try people for heresies. Ridiculously stupid heresies, like writing the Bible down, like writing scripture in a language that people could understand it. Heresy, you're going to die for that. Weird stuff. When we see what they did, I mean, over 300,000 people were put on, I mean, over 300,000 people were, were convicted of heresy. <laughs> Isn't it funny that, that we, we look at the Pharisees and we're like, man, look at them. Can you believe that? And then we go, oh, wow, wait, that's part of our history too. I guess the Jewish people aren't the only ones who would be embarrassed. And there's over 30,000 people executed for quote-unquote heresy. Like, what Bible were they reading? Like, I, I, what Latin did they get that translated in? Because that ain't what my Bible says. That's not what it teaches. That's not who it is. I mean, Christians were killed. They were Christians killing Christians. How and, it's, and when we see that, we think, man, what a black eye. How, how embarrassing. What an atrocity. Like, we don't even want to talk about it because it's just like, oh, it's so crazy that that happened, they burned people at the stake. And we look at that today and we go, man, we would never burn anyone at the stake. We would never do anything like that. I don't think we would, but we burn people all the time, don't we? I already talked about it. We burn people on social media. 
We burn people in our conversations. We burn people with our attitudes. We burn people with our, our pride and our religiosity and, 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 and our legalism and all the ways in which we create things that are, that are not part of, of Scripture. And then we stand over people in arrogance and pride and we burn them. And we in the church have got to stop. That's not our place. And here's the crazy thing. If you don't speak up and I don't speak up, nobody's going to know the message of grace. Praise God for the men and the women who were willing to go to their execution just like the disciples were. They were executed. These people were executed and they said, no, that is not our God. No, he is a God of grace, and they burned for it. They were killed for it, but they said, no, people must know that that is not God. He is a God of grace. So I don't, I don't know, you sitting at this table, I don't know what it looks like for you. I don't know what you're sitting in, but Jesus invites you from that table to the table of grace. And he says, man, just, just come and come and sit down and enjoy my grace. Do, do you need kindness? Come get. I, but I, I don't, I don't know how you feel. I, I, but I, what I love about Matthew here is Matt, Matthew, Matthew shared grace. I believe he shared grace because he was overwhelmed by grace. I think the reason we don't share grace is because you don't understand that you used to sit at this table, and many times you go back to this table. We got to stop and remember, oh, wait. I, I used to be at this table. Wow. Like, when's the last time you thought about that? All that Jesus did, all that he does, and where you were, and he said, get up. You don't stay at that table. You come over here to this table. Sit down. I got all of this for you. And, and man, when you, when you look back at the table you were at, and then you look at the table you're sitting at, and you go, whoa, whoa, I, I don't deserve this. But that's grace, right? I mean, that's, that's grace. It's, it's, you can't comprehend it. You can't understand it. God says, no, sit down. And experience my presence, experience my love, experience my hope and my healing and my peace and my purpose. But we can't stay at the table. We gotta get up. We gotta get up and we gotta go to the empty tables in our workplaces, the empty tables in our neighborhoods, the empty tables on our campus. And we gotta sit down with people and we gotta tell them there's another table you can sit at. There's a, and, and they're gonna, no, 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 I'm just telling you, you gotta follow me. Come on, come on, come follow me. Because Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. And then Matthew went back to the empty tables and he told all his friends and his buddies and his coworkers and his neighbors, he said, you gotta follow me to this table over here. It's incredible. And then Matthew felt so overwhelmed by it, he's like, I gotta write about it. I gotta tell everybody about this. I, we gotta get this down and we gotta get this word out that he is a God of grace. There is a place at the table of grace for everyone. Would you stand? We're going to sing together as we prepare to come to the table.
and take communion together. Let's sing. Hear the voice of love that's calling. There's a chair that waits for you. And a friend who understands everything you're going through. You keep standing at a distance in the shadow of your shade. There's a lot of hope that shines. Won't you come take your place? So bring it on to the table. There's nothing he ain't seen before. For all your sin, all your sorrow, and your sad. Savior and he calls bring it all to the table he can see the way you care and the fears that hold your heart but through the cross you've been forgiven you're accepted as you are. So bring it up to the table. There's nothing he ain't seen before. For all your trials, all your worries, and your burdens, there's a Savior and he calls.